Welcome to Generous Impact. This is Brett Brummett. And this is Amanda Brummett. We are joined today by Hannah Kofer, Interim CEO of the Trail Conservancy in Austin. In this episode, you'll hear about their work on the Ann and Roy Butler Hike and Bike Trail at Lady Bird Lake that's 10 miles long and has 250 acres of green space bordering downtown Austin. If you're a friend of ours that's visited Austin, we've definitely taken you to the trail. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for being here with us today. We'd love for you to start with just telling our guests who you are, both personally and professionally. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. And it's a beautiful day, so hopefully we'll all get outside later as well. Who am I? Okay, so I guess I've always said that I'm a tree hugger, but these days it seems like that word is kind of being twisted. So I'll just go with a lover of nature, a conservationist at heart, a hyper planner, (laughs) the team mom, wear and I guess lover of many hats. Professionally, I've worked with nonprofits, seems like my whole life, mostly in the environmental field for a few years, though, with the social enterprise over in Kenya, I focused more on pediatric neurology. So made a left turn, but back to the environmental, you know, core. But also I love this, you know, live local music town that we live in. So I also volunteer as president of housing opportunities for musicians and entertainers. Um, supporting some of those local legends who made Austin what it is culturally, you know, our live music capital of the world. Awesome. Yeah, Brett and I are convinced that nobody here in Austin actually works. And so when the weather is nice like this, especially like having looked where we could see the trail, I'm like, is anybody else at work today? So we might be the only three. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have counters out there. I'm like, I see you guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're on their, their AirPods in, in meetings these days. So. Right. Yeah. I think they just have their act together better than me. <laughs> <laughs> so with all the environmental work and conservancy journey you've done, what, I mean, aside from the music piece and the stuff we love about here, what <laughs> drew you to spend so much time investing into the Central Texas area? Yeah. Well, my father wasn't is an environmentalist and my mother is a nature lover. So I very much was sort of raised into, you know, part of my DNA, I guess. I was a toddler at those, you know, all night Save Our Springs hearings. I was doing mailings for Save Barton Creek Association in elementary school. I keep thinking about that Seinfeld episode when I bring this up where she's licking the stamps. And anyway, sorry, morbid. <laughs> but my earliest memories are really of you know, toes in the sand in Port Aransas, rafting the Frio out at our family's ranch out in the hill country by Uvalde. And that's, it's, it's a special kind of privilege. And I don't want that to be something that only I get access to. So I want future generations, people new to town, people from everywhere to actually be able to experience this kind of beautiful space. So it's, it's always drawn me towards making sure that I can help protect it. Okay. And through that, I mean, you mentioned earlier your left turn into the work in Africa. I mean, is that something that now informs what you do here, or is it just two separate experiences? I mean, I think it's two separate experiences, but it's rounded out just how I, you know, interact and lead and understand even just knowledge bases. So I, I also worked with, well, I've worked in primatology <laughs> in South Africa and Uganda as well. So the study of primates. So I worked with baboons in South Africa. Yeah. And chimpanzees in Uganda. And that kind of set me into working with geographic information systems and having that kind of research base, like the factual base um, of a lot of the work that I do. And I love that piece. Incredible. 
Well, let's actually get into the trail conservancy now. So, you know, Brett and I've lived right on the trail for several years and have been regular users. And we thought it was super cool and great way to get around Austin, either by foot or on bike. But then when I actually dove into your organization, Hannah, I was blown away by all the things that you guys do, the scope of your projects. I mean, this is not just an urban trail for human enjoyment. There is way more to it. So I would love for you to tell our listeners about the projects, the restoration work, and the education that you guys do, and that it's not just something fun for us. (laughs) But it's still something fun for us, too. It's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, the trail is iconic Austin. You know, it's, it's, it's what we lead with a lot of times when we talk about ourselves as, as a green city. It's the visual, you know, that comes up. So getting, being from Austin, getting to work for the trail and, you know, Austin as our trail-loving community, it's a dream. Like, I mean, frankly, it still blows me away, really, the scope of everything that we do. The organization itself is uh, 21. We just turned 21 this year. <laughs> we, get, we get to legally have our margaritas for our margarita run. <laughs> But we really used to be focused on kind of like capital projects, bathrooms, boardwalks, bridging the gap, sometimes very literally, between, you know, what the trail deserves and what the city could afford, frankly. So we were we were doing that for years. We would, you know, work with the community to figure out what, what was wanted, what does that look like, go out, you know, fundraise for it, you know, through memberships and, you know, companies and and everybody else that, you know, really loves the space. And then we would go back to the city, say, this is what we want to build. This is how we're going to do it. They say, go do, go forth. Um, And we would build it, but then, you know, obviously hand the keys back over to the city because it is, you know, it's parkland, it's it's for the city. But after so many years of that, you know, we kind of created even more for the city to be maintaining. And so it was hard for them already to be keeping up with this space that gets loved and loved more and more. I think I saw statistics the other day that like increase in use since the beginning of the pandemic is up like 83%. So we're we're on par with like the Grand Canyon as far as the number of visits to the space. I know it's crazy. Like, like, um, <laughs> like visits locally or tourists that come and go to the trail? Like is that? Does oh, that become part of the tourist um, I destination? I haven't shelled out the funds yet to pay for like the fancy <laughs> <laughs> cell phone-based visitor data. Mm-hmm. I would say it's mostly locals. That would be my assumption. Although I do think a lot of people, especially that are staying in hotels and places along the lake, sort of more naturally find it. It always blows my mind when people say they just recently discovered the trail. <laughs> I got a lot of that during the pandemic. Kalu James, a phenomenal local artist, discovered the trail during the pandemic and he you know lived in bolden i'm like it's right there but you just don't you don't really think about it you take it for granted and now of course he rides his bike on the entire 10 mile loop every week it's very impressive so so you know so we were we were kind of that that bridge that gap for the community for a long time and we still are we still are working on some you know some bigger projects to sort of bring the community's vision to life but there was a moment where we kind of looked at thinking about the long-term sustainability of the land itself. You know, how do we sustain a shoreline with an Austin that's growing up around this space? The water is flowing faster into the lake. The shoreline's receding. You know, how can we be a better partner to the city in actually maintaining the space? So we started having conversations about shifting to what's called a conservancy model, 
which is basically where you create a, a partnership where, you know, a nonprofit typically, you know, it's a public private partnership or a nonprofit would step in to sort of alleviate some of the maintenance and operations from, you know, the municipality, in this case, the city of Austin. So we went through a very exciting multi-year legal <laughs> back and forth, figuring out the logistics. And, and, you know, it was complicated out of necessity because this is, a, you know, one of the most cherished places in Austin and it, you know, deserves to be treated as such. So we figured out sort of a way that we could step up and really help the parks department mostly, but also, I mean, watershed protection, there's a lot of different entities that are in this space to kind of just elevate that in a phased approach. So once we got to the end of that process, you know, we now have this lovely agreement in hand, we call it the POMA. So I apologize if I use that acronym. <laughs> We're really bad about that, but it's a park operations and maintenance agreement. So basically who's doing what and when, you know, we're phasing into it and really focusing on at first natural areas. And then we'll get, you know, we'll get into the bathroom game later down the line. <laughs> we didn't want to go quite that hard that fast. <laughs> it, but Br Brett's a runner and they appreciate your bathrooms very much. <laughs> yes. very well, he says they're some of the best in Austin. Oh, yeah. Well, they are the prettiest, I think. But that they could use a little more TLC. So we'll we'll get to that eventually, I promise, Brett. <laughs> you, you know, when it's 5.15 in the morning, I can't really see what's happening. So it's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's been kind of great to be be part of the Trail Conservancy's story as we're shifting into this. You know, when I started, we were a team of five, I believe, or six. I was a six. And now we're 18. So really ramping up our operations so that we have, you know, the support on the side for community engagement and programming, but also obviously the park operations team is, you know, on a, on a growth trajectory. So it's really great to just to have boots on the ground in the park every day right now. It's really exciting to sort of be building that kind of fleet of support out there and still getting to focus on the ecological restoration. Again, you know, that as the city grows up, there's a lot more need for investment along the shoreline. So the, the beauty of us being able to be in this space is that we have the ability to be a little bit more nimble and creative <laughs> with how we do that. You know, started bringing goats in last year to help us with the poison ivy, you know, things like that, where it's, you know, we can pilot things and figure out what's working and, and pivot based on that. We, we get to be place-based, you know, where, I feel like a lot of times the parks department or watershed protection or, or municipalities, you know, they kind of have to think of larger swaths of, you know, what would work as solutions. So that, that's been a fun piece of it to be a part of. Yeah, it's been super fun. I mean, obviously super fun to see the goats mm -hmm. uh, randomly on the trail and always really encouraging to see the community involvement of little projects along the trail and, and the little restorations and pieces that go to make such a grand, like you say a small swap, but it's a pretty grand patch of mm -hmm. the community. And I, I'm really curious because I was reading through the strategic plan and, you know, there's a word that jumped out to me. I thought, I don't know exactly what this means in context here. And that was talking about the activation of the areas. So from a conservancy and foundation looking at what what does that mean to us that aren't involved in that every day? Yeah, that's a great question. And the actually the Parks and Recreation Department's director, Kimberly McNeely, 
talks about this sometimes and captures it in a way that I'm not going to be able to, which just kills me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I see activating, like, you know, activating and programming parks. It provides more flexible ways of, of connecting green spaces with the communities and attracting different users. It's a way to make spaces like this that are so highly cherished, not just for the neighbors, you know, around it, mm-hmm. makes them more accessible, relatable, social. You know, the the trail isn't just for hiking and biking anymore. We still call it that. <laughs> but just like we said, it's a gorgeous day. I'm sure there are people out there with their, you know, headphones on taking meetings. And, you know, we have people have family reunions and get to know their community through all those, you know, meetup groups when they first move to town. You know, and we're not we're just less physically tethered to a, a physical space for work these days. So I feel like it's it's more activated naturally. So then we get to kind of come in and activate it to a different level where, you know, we recently did an arts and culture plan on the trail. There had been a moratorium on art on the trail for a long time because there needed to be an inclusive plan, frankly, for it. And the core vision that, you know, that committee and that group came up with was to create like a radically welcoming space for all of Austin. And I just, I love that radically welcoming. Um, yeah, I'm going so to use that. Live into that, right? <laughs> I think about it all the time. And so trying to live into that through activating, through programming, seeing what works, seeing what sticks, you know, what what draws people that we don't typically see on the trail out to the space. So it's just a way to make the park for the people, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, and, and from, I mean, I guess there's probably some kind of downside of more community involvement, more activation on the trail. Like, is that, how do you balance that from an overuse and wear and tear? Yeah, I mean... We're in such a linear space that it's somewhat unique compared to like Zilker Park or parks, you know, that that really have these larger scale events. You know, when we activate, it's it's more transient activations, <laughs> probably not the right word. But, you know, like we have music on the trail every Saturday morning from nine to eleven. And it's not like people are, you know, bringing out their blankets and chairs and coolers and, you know, setting up on the lawn and, and causing wear and tear on the grass. They're on their walk or their hike and they're stopping to listen to a song. And they're, you know, hopefully learning about a new artist that they didn't, you know, that's local that they didn't know about. And then they're continuing. So we try to make it where it's, it flows with, you know, the flow of the space and not, you know, we're making it, we're trying to make it appropriate for, for what the space is with it being so linear and not really having a a huge carrying capacity. You know, the biggest events that we have are frankly the volunteer events. You know, we have 2000 people that come out on earth day (laughs) to clean the park and the lake. So, you know, I think it's because we do so much with the, you know, restoration side, it's, it's second nature to us to make sure that our programming doesn't, you know, affect that. And I feel like the, the city also has been good at, keeping an eye out for that you know even auditorium shores and places like that like there's only a limited number of events that are allowed to take place there every year not only because of the wear and tear but also just because you know you're taking that space away from the community well you you know if you're fencing it for an event so i do think that balance is it's critical and we've learned from a lot of our partners you know across the united states what not to do (laughs) so we're luckily you know we're not the guinea pig we get to learn from our from our partners and friends well, and that's great that you're connected to the partners and friends and sharing that information because I know that's not the case in certain organizations across time. Yeah, we're lucky the the conservancy 
you know, the, the parkies <laughs> are, are a tight knit group. You know, we all know, even though our, our cities might be very, you know, vastly different, usually the things that we're facing aren't. So why reinvent the wheel? <laughs> you know, I feel like in Austin, we always try to, you know, we think of ourselves as endlessly unique, which we are, <laughs> but, but our problems aren't always, you know. Right. For sure. That is actually a beautiful segue into my next question, which is, Anna, you've mentioned a bunch of stakeholders, you know, the Austin, the city of Austin, the parks department, citizens, and all these other entities you work with. How do you, how do you balance all that with the needs of fundraising and what your donors want and, and ultimately delivering something that is what you want to create this radically welcoming space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, that's always, you know, a struggle because, you know, you don't want to, the last thing we want to do is commercialize the space in any way and take away from that experience. But we also have to be a known entity. People need to understand that we're the ones that are out there stewarding the space in order to steward the space well. Luckily, our donors are our trail users, you know, like it's the vast majority of them are individuals, so they do want to make sure that, you know, what we're doing visibly out in the space is is right for the community. So we have that going for us. We've got a, a phenomenal group of members that really support us. But there is that that balance. I mean, even we're going through a comprehensive signage plan now to kind of streamline, you know, hopefully we'll be reducing by almost half the number of signs that are out there and make them more I mean, stand out a little bit easier, easier to read, you know, especially as you're, you know, biking 10 miles an hour, there is a speed limit, don't go over 10 miles an hour and no scooters, by the way. <laughs> but making sure that we can have our brand visible in the space, not just as a fundraising tool, but also as a tool so that people understand if they're in this space and, and they have something that they want to see or that they're worried about, you know, that they will come to us and communicate with us because we really need that in order to steward the space properly curious about the signage <laughs> go on when you when you talk about the reduction of signage you're talking about like about the trail foundation specifically or just the signage for those of us to use it appropriately so you know there's i wish i knew there's hundreds of signs out there now there's you know there's wayfinding and there's you know signage about poison ivy and blue green algae and don't park here and you know it's there's just, and tip the trail. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I love those. Those are temporary. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something else out with them. But, you know, it just, it's become where there's sign clutter. And so, and then even, you know, and we are part of that too. You know, we put those, you know, like tip the trail signs and trail etiquette signs out there kind of as a temporary measure until we had this signage plan so that we could make something a little bit more streamlined. You know, so there was just a need with, with there being too many signs there, like we, we do hear a lot, you know, it's, it's second nature to us to know where to go on the trail. Cause we, we're literal a lot, <laughs> but you can get lost out there. I mean, there are areas that are, it's confusing because there's so many confluence areas. And it also, you know, if you're trying to get from, you know, the Butler trail being kind of the hub and the spoke from the Butler trail to the green belt or to Waterloo Greenway or Shoal Creek, you know, kind of understanding those those points of, of confluence, you know, so this is a, it's a really cool opportunity to be able to do it right. I feel like a lot of the signs, even the ones that we've installed out there have been done in so many gaps that 
they none of it really looks <laughs> the same. And so it's hard to even know, okay, I'm still on the Butler Trail. Or, oh, no, now I'm on some right-of-way or I'm off, you know, in Zilker Park sort of thing. So I'm excited about it. I'm a, a signage nerd now, self-proclaimed. <laughs> we'll have better maps, better, yeah. And we'll still have the opportunity, especially at the trailheads, which is, you know, there's a lot of points of entry to sort of have more sophisticated and appropriate areas where we can put more temporary signs. You know, like if we're doing community engagement for a project and we really want people to be telling us what it is they want, like we need to know that from the people that are actually out there. So being able to have that call out without putting out just, you know, a yard sign type thing that's going to end up in the lake. I didn't mean to get us off track on that, but <laughs> I was really curious about it and I wanted to know the differences. When you look back at all the work you guys have done through the Trail Foundation or the Trail Conservancy, like what are some of the most joyful projects you've been part of? I mean, it's really, it's the little ones, frankly. I mean, I, I can think of a lot of like big moments, but it's really, you know, like big wins with, with conservation easements or things with Hill Country Conservancy or big projects coming online with the Trail Conservancy. But for me, the joyful moments are the ones where, I mean, you're, getting your hands dirty with, you know, with a team of people that are incredibly passionate about this space and understand that we get to be here. So when we, you know, every now and then our, our staff will, will be part of the volunteer days, which is a, a super robust program. You know, we have them twice a week, almost all year, but it, I'm not out there every time. And so when I do get to be out there, seeing people that are are there with us every week planting these urban forests and picking up the trash and hauling the mulch in the Texas sun in the middle of summer. Mm. It's that that really, I mean, brings it home. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I get that part of it because I, while I haven't been my hands in the dirt down there, I'm on the trail and I see people I know working it in those volunteer days. And we talk later and it's a reminder of an investment in an area we all love. And it is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it really is. It's a great community. You should fix that, Mr. Brummett, and go get your hands dirty. <laughs> it's planting season. You should come out. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you'll always see the trees that you planted or, or whatever it is that you planted. Yeah. So, Hannah, what's next for the Trail Conservancy? Ooh, so much. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, we're we're in we're in the midst of another big sort of change in chapters, which I think is natural when there's a transition of leadership. So I am interim CEO as we are searching for our permanent CEO. Heidi Anderson came in almost seven years ago and brought the organization to an entirely different level and and put us TTC and the trail, frankly, on the map nationally through that shift to the conservancy model, through, you know, how strong our relationship is with our city partners, both at City Hall and on city staff. So now is an opportunity where we just get to lean in and do it better every day, continue creating that urban forest, being nimble, bringing goat, you know, and just trying to keep up with everything that's happening trail adjacent and being in the room and making sure that we're advocating for the trail user experience and that land, you know, there are so many externalities that are going to be affecting this space. There's I-35, there's Project Connect, there's, you know, big developments happening in, in South Central Waterfront and stuff. And all of that is going to affect this space that's very highly sensitive. Yeah. Is yeah. the Waterloo project 
one of those? Yeah. So the confluence, which is what's next for them, will kind of come out right there. We're very excited to sort of have that really gorgeous connection. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done a lot of work. It's super inspiring to us. We get to see the result of it all the time. But for you and others in the Trail Foundation or Trail Conservancy, got to get it right. Where do you guys look for inspiration and to fill your cup, so to speak? I mean, I think that really goes back to looking at what's happening across the country in other green spaces and and who's doing it right and, and what the lessons that they can teach us are. And across the world, frankly, but we, we've got a great community here. You know, there are conferences and things where we all get to kind of come together and and really, you know, dig in on on what's working. And Austin is unique in our space, but, you know, getting to see what the possibilities are out there is really inspiring and exciting because, you know, as we as we're growing, you know, this space is going to have to evolve. So it's it's great to have that knowledge base out there of partner organizations like, you know, Central Park Conservancy, Memorial Park, you know, just across the country, frankly. Well, now, huge question. (laughs) I know Amanda pointed out like the tip, the trail project and volunteer days. What are things that our community, both locally and not locally, what can we do to help support the organization? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you love the trail, show up for it. Don't take it for granted as, as we, as our city builds up around it, you know, we really need the full community to continue to protect it and the, and the parkland around it. So, so yes, come plant a tree with us, get your hands dirty. I mean, helping to find companies, you know, philanthropy is shifting a lot these days. So really helping identify philanthropic, frankly, companies that are willing to invest and understand the value of spaces like this and helping bring programs like the goats back, you know, and of course, just, you know, membership. It's a really great way to to not only give back to a space that we all love, but also to sort of, you know, to see your impact and to be around other trail lovers. It's just a really phenomenal community. And then again, you know, lend us your voice. The trail is, you know, of the people for the people <laughs> kind of thing, you know, and we need more input from people about what they want to see or not and experience in this cherished place. We want to do right by Austin. And to do that, we need to hear from him. And is the best route for that through website inquiry? Yeah. 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 So the email list is really the easiest way. And, you know, and then it's also just the bonus of being up to date on, you know, all those trail reroutes that might be happening as these things come on board or or what cool things are to expect. You know, when you see a construction fence go up, it's not always scary. <laughs> you know, we've got mm-hmm. great some great projects that are coming online. And so you just really get to see all these tasty things on the horizon. So so definitely the website and social media. I would say social media is we we try to keep that very up to date as far as what the conditions are actually like out there. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing with us. And we look forward to, you know, experiencing your investment in our community every single day. It's been great talking to you guys. Thanks for your love of the trail. I sincerely hope you enjoyed learning about the radically welcoming space that the Trail Conservancy has created right here in downtown Austin. I never knew the trail even existed before we lived here, and now it's a regular part of our daily enjoyment and how we travel to places throughout central Austin. 
I recommend you check it out the next time you're here. Find them at thetrailconservancy.org.